Welcome to Leader Fables, a podcast where two lifelong friends and totally obsessed business nerds discuss all things leadership. I'm your host, Jacob Evans, and I'm joined by my good friend, Casey Clark, who has already planned his 10 vacations this year. Casey, how are you doing? I am doing terrific, but mostly because I have those vacations planned. I have things to look forward to. Jacob is not kidding. It is 10 trips, some very in length, uh, some short, some longer, but yep. Building some downtime. That is awesome. I'm, I'm totally jealous. I wish I had (laughs) the forethought and, um, (laughs) money and time and all that to just plan out my whole year of vacations. That's so awesome. It's a little painful once you've planned them because then, you know, you plan them in theory, then you start, you know, executing, so looking for hotels and flights and, and different things like that. And I've, uh, I, I listened to this podcast that said the best day to book travel is on Sunday. So each Sunday I have an hour block where I'm going in and looking for like flight deals and hotel deals. And I keep telling my wife, I booked this, I booked this. And she's like, how much money have you spent? You know, cause usually you'd spread that over the year. We're right. taking our lump, uh, right at the front. So, but it'll be fun. That sounds great. I'm super jealous. Um, we'll have to hear about it, you know, how yeah, all these, totally. uh, how all these vacations go. Um, so today we're talking about, uh, team norms, which is a topic that is near and dear to me and Casey. And, um, we have a really great fable prepared that I think does a great job of highlighting, uh, why team norms are so important. Um, but before we do that, I thought it might be fun to just give you a little, um, uh, example of why team norms, personal example, why team norms are so important. Um, quite a few years ago, uh, I inherited, and I think I mentioned this in, 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 in the last podcast, I inherited a team and, um, I was just trying to get, you know, things figured out. Um, I didn't know all the people on the team real well, but as I started doing one-on-ones with folks, I, I, recognized that there was a fair amount of dysfunction and disagreement on the team. And um, I had just come back as I was like connect as, as I was conducting these uh, these one-on-ones. I had just come back from a conflict resolution training. And I thought to myself, yeah, Can't time that better. <laughs> oh man, this is great. Like I am going to be able to put this, these conflict resolution skills that I have just learned to practice. And it's going to be awesome. So, uh, two of the, two of the guys on the team had uh, a big issue with uh, their manager, and um, and their manager had some issues with them. Um, surprise, surprise! And uh, I was thinking, great, this is a perfect opportunity to you know whip out the conflict resolution and uh, and to get these guys kind of on the same page. Um, and uh, so I called them in, and uh, and and the conflict was over. Um, not to deep end into this too much because it's kind of technical, but we we like writers in software engineering. We have a particular style. We like to write in a particular style. And there was some um, uh, disagreement on how the, the code, in this case, ought to be styled. Um, that, that sounds kind of minor, but believe it or not, in software engineering, it's kind of a big deal. Is this and like the tab versus space debate? This like is that, that plus plus a whole bunch more. Okay, that's like the, <laughs> my level of understanding. This is like how to name variables and functions okay. and um and all that kind of stuff. And and it is important. Like I'm not you know again I'm not going to deep end on this, but it is an important thing to agree on uh, for a variety of reasons. And you know you can go look up on the internet why that might be. Um, so there was some disagreement there. So I'm like, great, we're gonna we're gonna you know kind of talk it out. Um. 
go through this sort of conflict resolution exercise. And as we'll probably do an episode on conflict resolution, so I'll save that sort of fun process for later. But um, as we were going through the conflict resolution exercise, the uh, the manager in this case, he stood up, he slammed his notebook down on my desk, and he said a few expletives and looked at me, <laughs> looked at the other guys and said, I quit and ran out the door. <laughs> and, oh my goodness! Uh, I know, right? I looked at uh, I looked at the other guys and said, uh, "Well, I guess the meeting's over." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I mean the 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 um, the point is, and and I believe this is really true. Had had we taken the time earlier on to sit down together and establish team norms, that situation may not have happened. Like the rage yeah. quit may not have happened. And, uh, and, and you know, that. there's lots of lessons I learned. Like I probably wasn't doing a good job reading people's body language. I didn't understand that this individual was getting upset. Um, so, so, you know, all that to say team norms are, are super important. And had we had, uh, established team norms earlier on, um, about, you know, in this case, coding styles, um, this sort of conflict may not have ever come up. Um, and, uh, and, and someone would not have, you know, rage quit. So that's awesome. I, I love that story. Can I share one too? And then yeah, if it's please. too long, you can cut it out of uh, the podcast, but I, uh, had taken over, uh, a banking. This is when I was in retail banking and I took over this branch. I was new at this bank and I, my very first branch that I was taking over, I showed up, um, and there's very specific ways that you have to show up at a bank. Um, you can't just like show up and walk in the branch. There's security protocols and making sure the branch is clear and, you know, all of these things. So I, I show up about 15 minutes before the branch is supposed to open and no one is there. I mean, wow. the parking lot is empty. I don't I don't even have keys to the branch, you know, to get in or the alarm code or, or anything like this. But suffice it to say, you have to show up to a bank branch more than 15 minutes before you're going to open because you got to, you know, get everything, all the, the register set up, you know, all these, all these different things. So I show up there, nobody's there. I'm, I'm waiting for someone to get there. And then another person shows up and it's the trainee who's starting that day. So I'm, I'm the new manager. I have a trainee who shows up. No one's there. Then the district manager, my boss shows up. So it's me. Oh no. The district manager, <laughs> this person's very first day. So two people's first day, mine and the, the trainees, and, and this person would later become my assistant manager. Um, and and the district manager over all the branch in, in Las Vegas, and nobody is there that has a key. So it gets to like five minutes before. <laughs> oh, no. Customers are lined up, like ready to come in. And uh, one team norm I'll talk about I always had in, in banking was we open five minutes early and we close five minutes late, right? We never like shut the doors so someone can't come in and do their their transaction. So finally, the the assistant manager shows up, one of the tellers shows up, they get the branch open. I'm I'm fuming oh, by this God. point, but I'm also new, right? Like uh, to this this group. And I mean, the whole day was just comical, like uh, the 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 most like I think of a right way to say this, like the most important client of the branch showed up like five minutes after the branch was supposed to open and we were still panicking to get open. 
and uh, one person had told this guy that a loan was approved. The other one had told the guy that the loan was declined. <laughs> oh, no. The guy was pissed. He's like, I'm going to close my accounts. I, you know, I'm out Makes of here. And, yeah. And it was just like that whole just gossip, backbiting, you know, wow. all of this. And and right to your point, right? There were just no team norms established. And and frankly, there was, you know, just some bad apples in the mix, you know, and, and uh, expectations hadn't been set. All the things that we talk about in leadership. But anyway, that one came to mind when That's you were talking so awesome. about uh, your uh, your difference in, in how like the code is, right? It's, it's like that in a service business too, right? Like how we treat people, how we show up, all those things. Oh, that's awesome. All right. Well, we're going to go to the fable and we'll be right back. All right. Here we go. First week as the middle manager. Where to start? What to do first? Oh, I got nothing. Oh, come on, Anne. You're the manager. You're supposed to know what to do. Oh, I know what I will do. I will make a list. Yes, a to-do list. A list full of important tasks and strategies. A list of key initiatives and budgets. Yeah, no, that's it. Here we, here we go. Item one. Make a list of key initiatives. Strategies, goals, and budgets. Yeah, that's good. Okay, okay, item two. Ugh, why is this so hard? Oh, uh, hi there, Anne. Uh, do you have a minute? Sure, come in. What you working on? Oh, no, nothing. Just brainstorming. How can I help you? Well... Let me start by saying that I think you are just doing a terrific job. It's just so nice to have you here. Thank you, Tara. You are so welcome. I also wanted to let you know that uh, Little Ann is doing great. Just great. I'm sorry, Little Ann? Oh, my cat. Ah, Yes. No, I I forgot that you named one of your cats after me before we met. Oh, yeah. Oh, she's just the sweetest thing, just like you. I've been thinking of starting an Instagram account for her. Oh, well, that's great, I think. Uh, any cat who knows how to type definitely deserves to be seen. <laughs> uh, uh, she, she can't type, silly. <laughs> Don't tell anyone, but uh, the account? Would really be me pretending to be the cat? <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I got that. I, I was actually making a, uh, I was making a joke. Oh, <laughs> 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 you are just so funny. Thanks. Okay, well, uh, you have a fantastic day. All right. You too, Tara. Was there something else you wanted to talk about? Um, uh, let's see. Nothing I can think of. Is there anything you want from me? Um, n- no, but, but but are you sure you didn't want to talk about something else? I'm sure you didn't come to my office to talk only about Anne's Instagram account. You have an Instagram account? Oh, that is so great. What's no. your username? No, Tara, I bet you're a terrific follow. Ta- 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 Tara, Tara, no, I wasn't talking about me. I was talking about little Anne, your cat. 
so silly me. I was thinking you were talking in the third person. <laughs> yes, no problem. Uh, well, you did obviously come here to talk to me about something else. So... 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 Go ahead. What's on your mind? I mean, what did you come here to talk to me about? Well, uh... Go, go ahead. Well, I, I don't want to get in any... Well, I don't want to get anyone in trouble, you see. No one is going to be in trouble. Well, I guess I shouldn't say that. Why don't you tell me what's happening, and, and I will decide if anyone is in trouble. Well, uh, since I guess you're just going to twist my arm. Uh, well, uh, we had a couple of complaints. Uh, I, I thought as head of the customer service team that uh, I, sh I should share them wi with you. Ah, complaints. It's funny you should say that. I was just about to add that to my list. You see, number two, review kingdom feedback. Hmm, yeah. Wait, is, that, is the first thing on your to-do list to create a to-do list? Oh, yes. No, well, you see, I like to, well, no, I, what, I, what I was doing, I like to keep uh, track of where I spend my time. That's it. I like to keep a record mm -hmm. of where I am spending my time. That seems reasonable, doesn't it? Hmm. Oh, 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 yes. Uh, yeah, I, I, I track everything. Everything. Uh, that's how I knew that Dodge had a bladder infection. What? Yeah. Well, I noticed he had gone a whole day without a tinkle. Y you're, you're tracking when he goes to the bathroom? Of course. Um, Tara, I, well, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't think you should be tracking when other team members use the restroom. Team members? <laughs> what do you think? I'm some kind of grief galley? No, I'm talking about Little Dadge. Like my, my cat. <laughs> oh, that's a relief. No pun intended. <laughs> uh, this business of you naming your cats after team members, well, it doesn't, it's not, it's not great. Okay, perhaps another, an, another day. Um, why don't you tell me about the complaints? I, I mean, feedback we've been receiving. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, well, uh, so speaking of Dutch, uh, I, I mean, big Dodge, not not cat dodge. Yes, let's talk about big dodge. Oh God, please don't tell him I said that. Oh yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, uh, uh, well, uh, so you know, I would never want to get anyone in in trouble, and, and I'm sure he has a perfectly logical explanation for Tara. The, what happened, Tara? Just tell me what Dodge did. What? Uh, 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 oh my! I I I'm 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 sorry. I'm just. Comfortable with confrontation? No, no, Tara, Tara, it it is I who should apologize. I I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have. Well, let's start over. Why don't you very succinctly tell me the nature of the complaint about Dodge? I mean, the feedback regarding the IT department. <laughs> well, uh, over the past year, uh, we've been updating the Inter Kingdom wires. Mm -hmm. Yes, no, I'm aware. Mine just got increased to a gig. You can really tell the difference. Well, that's just great. I am so glad for you. So what's the complaint? I, I mean, feedback. I, I, I would think the citizens would be thrilled. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, <clears throat> well the, the ones that got upgraded are thrilled. Uh, the problem is 
the Dadgist team has only upgraded part of the kingdom. Uh, so those yet to be upgraded are just an, an easy-weensy bit mad uh, because of the e-scrolls they received. E-scroll? What, what e-scroll? Oh, no, it's actually e-scrolls. Uh, the first was sent by Clive's marketing group. Uh, it, it was titled, Fastest Intra-Kingdom Wires in the Realm, Hashtag You're Welcome, Hashtag Blessed. Ah, uh, I think I see the problem. It sounds like that message should only have gone out to those citizens who have been upgraded. I know that I would be frustrated if I received this message before I had been upgraded. Mm-hmm, right, right. Uh, uh, but remember how I said uh, e-scrolls, uh, like uh, meaning multiple? Yes, I remember. So I assume another e-scroll was sent. Oh, oh no. Well, uh, again, it is e-scrolls. Okay, well, how many e-scrolls weren't out? Well, in total? Uh, six. Six? Six e-scrolls about the same subject? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, uh, kind of. When Madam Say Against Legal Department realized the incorrect e-scroll had been sent, uh, she drafted a correction message titled, Correction, Fastest Intra-Kingdom Wires in the Realm, uh, for exactly 53% of you, hashtag most of you are welcome, hashtag blessed. What? Why would she do that? Well, let's just say she likes things to be precise. Yeah, but this is bad. I almost hate to ask. You said six e-scrolls were sent. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, once marketing found out that the legal had sent a correction e-scroll, they sent another reply. Are you kidding me? What did the message say? <laughs> well, the title for that one was Correction to Correction, Fastest Intra-Kingdom Wires in the Realm for Exactly 53% of You, until next fall when our IT department gets their heads out of their butts and completes the job they promised. Hashtag most of you are welcome. Hashtag IT for dummies. Hashtag blessed. Oh my goodness. How could this get any worse? Oh, uh, well, actually... No, it, no. It, yeah. Oh, yeah? there's still more e-scrolls. Three more e-scrolls to go. Oh, yeah. Uh, the next one was sent by legal. Not another clarification. Oh, you guessed it. Wow, you're really good at this. No, no, Tara, I don't think I am. <sighs> Just tell me what the e-scroll said. Well, it was titled... Correction to the corrections correction. Fastest intra-kingdom wires in the realm for exactly 53% of you until next fall when our IT department gets their heads out of their butts and completes the job they promised. Fees to increase by 10% this harvest starting this month. Hashtag most of you are welcome. Hashtag IT for dummies. Hashtag full disclosure. Hashtag blessed. Who approved the fee increase? Does this mean people who haven't been upgraded are paying more before they even get upgraded? Uh, well... Yes. Uh, finance said it was the only way to pay for the additional headcount to get this completed by next fall. Uh, legal said we had to disclose the fee increase, so they sent the email. I just can't believe this. We dropped the ball on so many levels. I'm hoping one of the remaining two East Scrolls apologized and laid this message out very clearly for citizens. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that that would have been better. Uh, than, than, what? than what actually what? happened. No, yeah. what? what did it say? Oh, well, uh, 
the title was Correction to the Corrections, Corrections, Correction. Uh, fastest interkingdom wires for the realm for exactly 53% of you until next fall when our IT department gets our heads out of their butts and completes the job they promised. Fees to increase by 10% per harvest starting this month. Oh, here's the new part. Uh, the world would be a better place without lawyers now hiring IT professionals. Hashtag most of you are welcome. Hashtag IT for dummies. Hashtag full disclosure. Hashtag lawyer scum. Hashtag blessed. I mean, I just can't. What what's what's the final email? Oh well, uh, this one might just maybe uh, might have been my fault. Okay, go on. Well, after all these e scrolls went out, we were kind of flooded with complaints from angry citizens, and uh, it was just too much to handle. So I sent an email with an updated process to make a complaint. I I, I mean, give feedback. And what did it say? Oh, I, I'd rather not read this one out loud. Uh, here. Correction to the corrections, corrections, correction, and new feedback process. Fastest intra-kingdom wires in the realm for exactly 53% of you until next fall, when our IT department gets their heads out of their rear ends and completes the job they promised. Fees to increase by 10% per harvest starting this month... The world would be a better place without lawyers. Now hiring IT professionals, due to overwhelming volumes, we will no longer accept feedback. Have a great weekend. Hashtag most of you are welcome. Hashtag IT for dummies. Hashtag full disclosure. Hashtag lawyer scum. Hashtag cat pics. Hashtag blessed. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I fixed the butts and added a picture of a cat, but... Perhaps I might not have thought the wording through before sending. Yeah, no, nope, you didn't. Well, maybe, maybe a second set of eyes next time. Um, Tara, Tara, before you leave, could you pull the team together in the Hall of Privilege? Please let them know I would like to discuss our, um, processes. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Okay. 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 Okay, let's review that list again. Number one, make a to-do list. Number two, review kingdom feedback. Number three, sign up for counselling immediately. Well, Casey, that was great. <laughs> I just, I love the correction to the corrections correction. Uh, I know, right? In fact, there's a story of this happening. I think it was at Microsoft where someone had replied to a reply all email or to a you know an email. They did a reply all, went out to Microsoft. And anyway, there was a bunch of reply alls for the reply alls. And it, it basically broke, I think, their 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 mail server you can go read about it it happened in the 90s oh, i remember that yeah. yeah i totally remember that so it's yeah. a thing like you could really kind of break the internet by uh you know <laughs> yep sending yep. corrections to the corrections or replying all to the reply alls um so you know be careful out there guys um <laughs> no i think that was a really um uh, a really great sort of uh, story as to why you know team norms are so so important and why establishing team norms are so important um so casey what, in in your view, what is the definition of team norms? Yeah, I think in my definition, and there probably is a super great definition out there, we should have looked it up, but 
mine is like just agreed upon practices and ways to achieve what we're striving to achieve. Um, and, and it can be anywhere, you know, very simple, like how we communicate with each other, uh, to very deep things like, uh, how we design products, right. How we, how we do those, like it, it's connected to your mission statement, but it's not your mission statement. Like a mission statement is showing your vision, like where you're going Mm -hmm. and how you're going to get there. Norms are, like you can run a decision up against a norm. You can run a pattern or a behavior up against a norm and they should be short. They should be simple and you should be able to check your own attitude and behaviors and practices against them to make sure you're aligning with the team. Is that somewhat succinct definition? No, I think that's great. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the reason why, I mean, team norms, um, they kind of work as a traffic cop as to what is allowed and not allowed. Um, on your team, like how the yeah. team, it, they really dictate. And I mean that in a very kind sense, they, they dictate how people work together. And yep. when you, um, have some agreement as to how you ought to work together, um, a great number of things I think become a lot easier. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, you, what you, you know what, for instance, when you've established team norms, like, you know what you can expect from your teammates. Um, you, and because of that, um, you're, communication should improve uh you might even be able to get away with fewer meetings um and and i think this is probably the most you just buried the lead there i think you should have started with that one you want to eliminate meetings just establish (laughs) team norms you want to be popular on your team establish norms so you have fewer meetings i love it right well you know because we talk about i mean we have meetings to you know resolve um, you know, conflict, dysfunction. It might not be conflict in like a hostile way, but like, you know, miss when, when there, when, when there's a misalignment normally in, in many organizations and many organizations I've worked in that prompts a meeting like, ah, oh, it doesn't sound like we're on the same page. Let's have a meeting and anything that you can do on the front end, really. Um, and team norms is one of them to establish, um, kind of a working protocol can help reduce those, those areas of friction that will prompt meetings and other stuff. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And this is, I think an especially tricky thing for a middle manager or focusing on like, um, because you're going to have established team norms that are across the company, right. That you work for, but then you should also have some particular norms on your individual team or your, your direct team that you're working with. So, so some norms, you know, could be, these high level, you know, kind of ways that we operate. But then there's those simple, like, uh, I, I think of a norm we have on my team is if you send me an email, don't expect a response within a day. No, right. That's a good one. But if you, if you have something, you need a response quicker, you send me an instant message. Yeah. Um, and then I'll get that back to you usually within an hour or two. So even simple things like that can, can be like the lubricant, like in a car, they're the oil, you know, that, that goes between the gears to prevent them from grinding and I, I think that's what happens uh, on a team too. Is without them, you know, people are just so different, and the way they work is so different mm-hmm. that if you don't have them, you'll you'll find your teams running into each other. So you know, I'm sold on establishing team norms, Casey. How do we? I mean, it sounds like the benefits are great, right? Yep. How do we go about establishing those? That sounds like a kind of a a, a fraught process. <laughs> It can be, and it can also be a tremendous team building opportunity. Um, and I would say that the first thing uh, in establishing a norm 
is that you can't do it without your team. And I have met many leaders. So you mean we all have to agree? Yes. Well, or sort of agree, or you know, yeah, you got to be part of the process at least. Like, oh, I see what you're uh, saying. So the team has to be involved in establishing the norms. Yeah, exactly. Like I I worked for a boss once who I think we all have who showed up and was like, I have eight rules for our group and we are going to follow these eight rules. Ready, go. That sounds like a great way to demoralize everybody. It was. And it made you feel like you were in trouble, right? You did something Mm -hmm. wrong versus we want to have a dialogue as a team that brings some joy and some, you know, focus to what we do. And so you have to do this with your team. And again, this is that separation between, you know, if there's a company culture and then you have a team culture, I like to think of this as like, think of the government, right? There's the federal government and then there's the state government and the local government. And I always think my like direct team is generally that, that state or local government and the the company is the federal government. So I need to make sure that nothing I establish on my team will be struck down by the Supreme Court because it doesn't agree with the Constitution or the That's federal good. government. That's good. Wow, I'm getting nerdy in this reference. This is awesome. Uh, but you know that that it supports what the overall mission of the company is and how the company works, but is unique to my team and the specific role that we're playing on that team. And uh, I can't do that without it being a dialogue from the people who are actually doing the work. So I think that's the biggest mistake you can make is to think, oh, I can I can write these down and have them ready for and I'm going to present them at a meeting. If you ever use the word present, you failed on, um, you know, on establishing norms. And, And the other thing I would say is that often creating norms is calling out what already works versus having to redesign the wheel. Um, right. And, and that's, that's a mistake I've made too. I'll tell you is like, we got to radically rework the way we're working. And, and people are like, wait, is, is it bad all the time? Like, is it, you know, like, no, actually we do have some like unwritten rules and, and, and sometimes those just uh, codifying those and getting agreement from the team on those goes a long way because while it may be universal to 90% of your team, that one person who's not on board with that because you never had the conversation can derail the whole process. No, that's great. I think that, um, I mean, kind of to your point, I think people know how they work and how they like to work. They also know how they don't like others to work. Um, (laughs) So one of the exercises I like to do when working to establish team norms is um, getting the team together, you know, to your point, it, 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 it kind of requires the whole village to come up with, um, you know, good team norms and uh, conducting with the team a brainstorming session. And um, when you're the one conducting, when you're the leader conducting the brainstorming session, this kind of goes to Casey's earlier point, like you are you are working as a facilitator. So when I'm working yep. to brainstorm with the team, I'm facilitating that brainstorming, which often requires me to just sit on my hands and write. And by sit on my hands, I mean not talk um, and, and write, you know, what other folks are thinking about and, you know, what comes to their mind. And, uh, and that's really hard. It's really hard for me to just not, you know, interject um, and, and I think that this is an exercise that sometimes requires a little bit of thick skin because, um, if you are brainstorming and in a brainstorming session, I tell people we're going for, um, we're going for breadth, not necessarily depth. Like we want to get all the ideas out. 
Um, and and that sometimes will bring up stuff that you either disagree with or that you might take a little personally because there's some things that you'll do as a leader <laughs> that people don't like, and that might come up in a brainstorming session where you where you're talking about um, team norms and things you like and don't like, you know, in 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 how people work. Uh, so I think that conducting a brainstorming session requires one the leader to sit on their hands and two. Um, to you know, do a good job of trying to draw out ideas from others and encouraging mm-hmm. that. That's sort of going for the breadth. And then, in addition to that, um, being a little thick-skinned, like not taking everything yeah. personally or as an affront to their leadership or or whatnot. Yeah. And and again, you know, that's kind of been hard for me because I like to talk. Um, I mean, imagine that, right? The guy who's on a podcast <laughs> likes to talk. Um, uh, but I found the 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 exercises done right uh, with those sort of three things in mind. They're very fruitful. And uh, so the first thing I like to ask when conducting a brainstorming session like this is uh, what things do you, when you're working, what things do you not like that other people do? I think kind of starting from the inverse and asking people like, what don't you like? Like, you know, do you not like getting emails late at night? Like that might be a thing. Um, do you not like it when people interrupt you and you're, you know, working on a kind of a deep work sort of real brainy problem? And we, we, and in my line of work, that happens a lot. Like it takes a lot of focus to uh, develop software from time to time or often actually. <laughs> so um, interruptions can be very costly um, and that sort of mode of work. Uh, so yeah, any, any, uh, j- just to, you know, I could talk about this all day, but um, to kind of put a, a finer point on it, it's it's encouraging the team to kind of talk about what they don't like. I think that it also sounds a little fun uh, to me, like, you know, it becomes like, oh, yeah, that's you're totally right. I hate when people do that. Like, you know, that gets to the bonding nature of this. Right. Or uh, someone gets a little friendly ribbing, you know, And, and I think especially if you could kick it off with a with something that you do and you know, like you probably shouldn't do adds a lot, you know, cause then everyone's going to be like, uh, huh. I wonder who does that. Yeah. It's Jacob. The person who just said this bugs him. You're exactly. the one that does it. Exactly. It, yeah. Take a little egg on your face. Cause it'll establish, um, just some fun in the exercise. Um, but I, I think that's, that's good. And I think it is, uh, it's, uh, it's safe enough to not have to dive into the real issues you, you, right at the, right off the bat, if that makes sense. Like, you know, it's uh, saying this is what I don't like is not addressing a particular example. It, it's general enough to get the ball rolling. I, I like that. Yeah. And, and you know, we, we kind of approach this in uh, with one thing in mind, and that is we recognize that everybody typically wants to do their best work. Like, yeah, we go to work to do our best work. And and everyone's, you know, working hard to push the rock up the hill, um, execute on the big, hairy, audacious goal. Like we're all working hard and um, and, and and we keep that in mind. So the 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 point is, is to be kind of generous and uh, yeah. in, in, in delivering and hopefully fun and playful to your point, you know, uh, when uh, kind of brainstorming about what we don't like. Yeah. And I just want to say one other thing. Sorry, sure. before you move on. Um if you do identify someone who has not uh, there to do their best work or is not wanting to refer to the previous episode on team building, uh, because I think there's some important steps there. Yeah, absolutely. So then after we do that, um, I have found this one little like phrase and I stole this shamelessly from David Allen, who's the author of getting things done and very popular. If you haven't read getting things done, you probably should. 
Um, we then kind of with all those things that we don't like in mind, we then finish this this sentence or this phrase. We say we are best when we fill in the blank. Um, so instead of framing it like, oh, well, we don't do X, Y, Z, or, you know, we don't, you know, send emails at, at, at 12 AM or, you know, we don't, uh, eat lunch at our, our smelly lunch at our desk or, you know, whatever it is. Um, we instead kind of reframe those things we don't like in a positive way, meaning we are best when we behave this way. Um, and, uh, I, I found that to be really powerful, um, and it, it takes it, th- these exercises typically take a little bit of time. Sometimes I'll break this up. Like we'll do the brainstorming exercise first. We'll kind of document that, let people noodle on it a little more, and then we'll come back and um, and again, you know, finish this st- sentence. We are best when we, you know, dot dot dot. Um, yeah. Can, can I give a couple tips? Because I that please. I told you beforehand. I think that's the best prompt I've ever heard for uh, establishing norms. Uh, I would I would add a couple pieces of advice. One is uh, don't do this just as a dialogue with people, because uh, I think that's what we think of in a meeting like this is like sit down. OK, what we're, we're at our best when and, you know, looking for a volunteer to speak up. And I think a couple things happen when you do that. One is you get group think. Mm-hmm. So whatever that first person said is going to influence what the second person said and, you know, or you're going to get a debate that you don't want right then, um, you know, in, in this process. So my advice would be have them write it down. So start the meeting, have a piece of paper, have paper in front of all of them with the prompt on it and say, we're going to take the first 15 minutes and I want you just to uh, do this because I think we over estimate the power of brainstorming. Um, because what happens is your most vocal team members are the ones who are going to contribute. And often that person that has the gem of the idea may be the person who doesn't speak up and you don't get to them because just their personality is more passive in nature or, you know, like they, they don't want to be considered, you know, boring or long winded or, or anything, you know, the opposite of us, Jacob. Uh, yeah, right. So, no, absolutely. So, so I, w- I would definitely and then I would go around and have people read what they wrote, uh, because that's the other part is like I then am, am less inclined to change what I wrote because of what Jacob said when it was his turn. Right. And uh, I, I think you get more creativity that way. And I think you also have taken notes already because you could just have everyone push the papers into the middle and there's your notes. Right. Like at least you have the themes uh, that you see. The second is once everyone's gone around, you've captured it, you know, this is a great whiteboarding exercise. Uh, it's a great sticky note exercise, right? Just have them put the sticky notes right on the, you know, the whiteboard. Then do some type of prioritization exercise where, you know, you could give everyone those little dot stickers, right? We used to use when we actually had paper files and, you know, okay, you get three votes for which ones you think are the most important out of what people put up here everyone take your sticker and go place them on one of these sticky notes or on this whiteboard or or however you're doing it, that will give you a a quicker idea of where consensus is uh, on these things versus you playing judge and jury, you know, trying to see what's important and what's not important. Just a couple tips. No, that's great. I think uh, the voting exercise and having people do a little bit of homework or, you know, homework in the meeting where they, you know, finish that, uh, that phrase um, or finish that sentence is, uh, yeah, is, is brilliant. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the wonderful things I like about, uh, this exercise is that it gives you when it's done, 
you have a, a list of value statements. These are the things on our team that we value. And um, when things kind of fall outside those value statements, it gives you an opportunity to to coach or, you know, make a minor sort of course correction, um, you know, with members that are maybe behaving outside of those norms. And uh, I yeah. think it's really it's really important um, uh, to have, you know, it's it's our, it's yeah, it's, it's really important because um, without it, it's just a free for all. And the norms, yeah. you know, you're going to have norms. Everyone has teams, team norms, right? Um, oh, that's a good point. Say that again. Everyone think, uh, has team norms. Just some, many of them are not, you know, uh, healthy and, now, yeah. and many of them are dysfunctional, uh, yeah. by sitting down and, and actually drafting team norms or value statements. Um, you, you're being intentional about how, uh, you want to behave and how, you know, folks on the team, uh, hold each other accountable to behave. Um, uh, so it's, it's not just, you know, kind of this top down exercise where, you know, as Casey was talking about earlier, uh, where you deliver, you know, kind of as the, as the leader, what you like and don't like it's instead, um, this really, you know, great sort of alignment tool that you now have, um, to kind of weed out dysfunction, um, and to do, like I said, minor course corrections and to coach people. Well, let's take a quick break and talk about our sponsor audible. Each episode this season of Leader Fables, we're sponsoring a book that we love. And Jacob, it's your turn to give us a book. Do you have one for us today? Yes, I do. The book I'd like to talk about is The Five Dysfunctions of a Team by Patrick Lanchoni. This is a great book. Have you read this book, Casey? I love this book. Uh, It's one of my favorites. Okay, it's a great book. I read it many, many years ago, and I reread it just recently, and I got so many good things out of it. Now, I don't want to spoil the whole book for our audience because there's a lot of really great little morsels in the book. And if you don't know, the book is written as a fable, so it's pretty engaging. It's mostly story, um, and it talks about, the true to its name, the things that make teams dysfunctional. Now, I could give you, Casey, right now, all the five dysfunctions. Do you know the five dysfunctions off the top of your head? This is not a quiz. You don't have the answer. Oh, you should have totally done a quiz. I, I don't remember them. Give us one. So the, the, the basis of uh, uh, the, the dysfunction that keeps teams from working well together is lack of trust. So if you want a, a, a healthy team, you need to, together, as a team, demonstrate trust or have a foundation of demonstrated trust. Uh, so if you're curious about, and yeah, I think we've all been on teams that have been dysfunctional, and <laughs> I've been in that situation where I'm kind of scratching my head going, why are we so dysfunctional? Why aren't things working out the way we think they should? This book might help. And it, it not only does it outline in a really great sort of story form way the five dysfunctions of a team but it also gives some diagnostic tools at the at the end of the book uh, for example there's a survey that you can send to your team and get some feedback regarding how things are going and and their and the team's feedback can help inform how you might start working to eliminate dysfunction so this is a great book it's a fun read it doesn't take very long to read uh, and uh, I think there's Good stuff in there for everyone from teams that do trust each other to teams that don't to teams that, you know, are maybe doing a really good job at performing well, uh, but could just use a little tweak. So I I think this is one of those books that is kind of like an onion, like you can keep digging and you keep refining and making your team better. So that's my book. That's awesome. 
I'm going to read it again because it's been a while. And I think if you like leader fables, you're going to like a book around a fable. So Indeed. It's, it's a nice connection. And there's two ways that reading this book can actually help support our podcast as well. One is to go to the uh, our website, leaderfables.com, and we have a link to this book on there where we get a, a small kickback if you go from us. And then second is to use audible.com, who's our sponsor today. And Audible has thousands of books, podcasts, and all sorts of original content that you can listen to. So if you're taking a walk or if you're doing the dishes, that's what that's when I like to listen to it. Uh, you can also kind of kill two birds with one stone and do some self-development uh, at the same time. And if you go to uh, leaderfables.com backslash audible, you'll actually get a free trial of Audible Plus. I think you get a free book. It's pretty cool. So go there and it helps support our podcast as well. Now, back to the show. Um, so, Casey, what are some examples of team norms that uh, you have, that, that yeah, you, you and your teams that you've led have ratified that you really like? Well, I think we go two ways with this. One is more fun than the other. Like, I have example of bad norms that happen. <laughs> okay, when, that's great. And the other one is, like, good norms. So you want to start bad or, or good? Which way I, lo- go? I love to end on the good. Okay. As so you saw with, with the these match. exercises, I like to end on the positive. Uh, yeah. yeah. So let's 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 start with the the bad norms. I think the one that is the most destructive and is the easiest to create, especially you know, it depends on how your your organization is structured, but then it kind of doesn't in the same breath. Meaning that I call this the hippo rule. The highest income person's opinion, hippo, highest mm. income person's opinion. So this is when you're at a meeting and you're discussing or you're debating or you're trying to figure something out. And the instant that the hippo in the room, the person that's paid the most, speaks up, debate ends, you know, at that point. And it's now like, okay, because this person said this and often as the manager, you're the hippo in the room. And so you have to be very careful and intentional with your team that you don't always have the right answer. And just because you speak up doesn't mean debate should stop. So, but I think that is one that no one wants. I haven't met one person who's like, when I speak, I want it adopted. You know, that that's kind of a really old fashioned way to lead. But I think it's really easy for the nuance of that to happen. um, You know, without, if you're not intentional and, and not careful in how you operate in a meeting. Yeah, one of the things I do to kind of combat the the hippo um, uh, situation is I often preface statements that I make with "I don't know, but" or "What do y'all think about?" Blah blah blah. Um, it, and I think it kind of soft pedals. You know, even though I might feel strongly about a particular idea, it it leaves room for debate, and I think that's the most yeah. important thing: is leave room for debate. Um, ideas are a dime a dozen. Uh, Quite honestly, yeah. and and many times right. I found that people will take a germ of an idea I have and make it like ten times better, and uh, and that's what you want in a team, right? That's 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 why we do yeah. this is we we want we want the best ideas to win, and uh, I have found that um, just by kind of prefacing or or peppering your statements um, with a little with a little bit of give and take, um, it goes a long way into inviting. Um, uh, various opinions and some of those opinions won't won't or you know some of those folks won't agree with you and that's good yeah you want to hear those yeah i think a couple other things i would just say call out when you're wrong like mm-hmm. that's 
being wrong as a leader is such an opportunity for you to model this like, oh man, I really believed in this idea, but not one single customer liked it, right? Or I, I really thought this was going to work. Boy, was I wrong. Because if, if you do that, it like it, it brings the cookies down to a lower shelf where I think people are like, first off, the boss isn't always right or the manager is not always right. Second, um, if they, if we are wrong, like the world's not going to end, you know, as you're doing it. And then, um, the, the other advice that I would give on this is just to, um, be careful to not speak too early. And I want to, I want to preface this because if a good debate is, is breaking out amongst your team, it's best to let that go for a bit. Um, because again, once you start to speak, I think people are like, okay, this is the way we're going. But if you wait, but I'll also give the opposite, uh, don't ever weigh in, don't make your, you weighing in like some prize to be sought after, right. Or some like reward for a great idea. So I just, you know, I, I just think that's a really easy one, um, to fall into. And okay, here's my second one that I think is a bad norm. If I speak or I share an idea, I get the work. Uh, and I think this happens a lot. Oh man, like, that right? happens like, so much. Oh, that's a great idea. Casey, when, when why don't you go do that? Desk? That sounds great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I think that hampers creativity, especially with high performers, because those naturally have a lot on their plate already. And so if they know every time they give an idea, you're adding five hours to their work week and not taking anything away, like then I think people will hold good ideas. I, I Jacob and I are on a board together uh, for a nonprofit and we like, it feels I say sometimes when we meet in that group, if you have a good idea, it means you just gave yourself a bunch of work to go execute. That's and so often I, the case. I, honestly, sometimes I'll hold back because I don't want to do it. <laughs> Sounds so bad, but it's true. No, I think, you know, I think you got to let the ideas win. And then once you got a good idea, you got to kind of separate the execution from the, from, you know, the people that gave that idea. Um, and sometimes, you know, they're, they're great, you know, folks to do it, but sometimes they're not, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's, that, that's really, really okay. good advice. So let me give some good ones. Cause like, it's fun to like rel on the bad ones, but these are some intentional ones that I think have been the most powerful in my career. And I, this first one, I know Jacob, you are all about too. And it's that silence implies, uh, agreement. Yeah. Meaning that on a team, like if you have an objection and you don't voice it, it's really on you uh, as that team member. So if you have um, something, if you have a concern or an issue, you have to speak up with it. That That's a norm. And if you don't, you're committing to the process. Um, even if you have a, a reservation, if you can't articulate it, if you won't articulate it, then you don't get to be mad later that we did it because you didn't speak up at that, at that point. So that's, that's one of my very favorites. Yeah. I, I think for me, it is, uh, it's really frustrating. I think this is true for most people. It's really frustrating when you had a meeting or had a series of meetings normally about, um, a big project or something you're trying to launch or something you're trying to get done. And at the end of the day, after all those meetings are had, you hear sort of through back channels or other ways, you know, people that don't like it. And, uh, not only is it kind of disappointing and demoralizing, but I'm thinking to myself, well, why didn't, why didn't you talk about it? You know, in these, <laughs> in, in these many, many opportunities we had to, you know, make this idea better or, you know, whatever tr or, we're, we're trying to get done. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I find that 
anyway, that that's a big pet peeve of mine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, and, and it again goes back to creating a culture where people do feel con- so it, it has some action steps with it in that, you know, I need to, as a leader, create a place where people feel, con- feel right. comfortable challenging and debating. And I, one thing I do is I celebrate debate. Like if we have a good debate or if someone's willing to debate me and I on an idea, I am going to celebrate that uh, during the meeting. Like this was fantastic. I don't know if this is the right decision we made. I hope it is. But the debate was awesome. And, you know, it's almost more important than the decision we made. So that's one. Uh, two others that I want to share. You probably have some to share, too, but I'm going to monopolize here. Uh, the second is to assume good intent. Um, so when you're questioning someone's motives, you assume the positive um, on the team. And this sounds like a no brainer. It's not, man. It is the core of conflict, in my opinion, comes from assuming that someone else has negative intent. And if you adjust this, you'll be a much happier person. You'll have a better team. If Even if something goes wrong, if we assume that the the effort, the thought, the idea was came out of good, uh, then I, then I think you win. So, and this is again, really one that if you do have issues later, which you will, you come back to these norms and you break down what norms we missed because of it. You know, you, you break down like, you know, to me, this is an issue with, we weren't trusting each other. We weren't assuming good intent, you know, or we weren't, uh, someone didn't raise an objection. Um, so their silence, um, implied commitment, you know, to what we were doing. So th- those are just a couple of the, the, the last one. And I, I think this one is the most cleverly worded is stay in your lane unless you signal. And I, I really like the, like, I don't love people to stay in their lane. I'll be honest. I want, I want everyone messing with each other's stuff. Uh, you know, just because that there's some creativity and thought process, you know, that it's invaluable to hear from someone who doesn't work in it every day. So I want people speaking into other people's departments, but when we come to execution, I want people to stay in their lanes unless they coordinate with the people. You know, if if you're going into someone else's lane, you really got to coordinate because if not, that's where, you know, backbiting or or where people can get really frustrated or 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 critical or even, you know, worried that they're losing their job or something like that. So stay in your lane unless you signal. Yeah, I think that's great. The only one I would add uh, I think to the three that you kind of highlighted there, Casey, is um, and it kind of goes back to your sort of being generous, you know, think that think the best of people. Um, I I like one team norm I have really uh, appreciated is ask before you state, like learn before you, you know, make assumptions. Um, and I, I think that's that's really important. I have found that if I assume but don't ask like that leads to all kinds of trouble. Um, and normally I'm wrong, quite frankly. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I found like there've been a couple of times where I was going into a, a one-on-one with someone I was frustrated with. I didn't feel like they were performing well, or they'd made some bad decisions. And, um, I could have like gone in and said, Oh, you know, why did you do this? How is it? Why is this, you know, not working? Um, why are you behaving this way? Instead, uh, uh, what I found, you know, is a, is a much better practice is to ask them questions, clarifying questions. Well, help me understand this. Help me understand, you know, why this happened. And I think that that sort of team norm, um, it kind of combats this propensity that we have as humans to assume the worst of people. Um, and it also kind of gives you the, uh, the tool, a, a tool to kind of ferret out what actually happened, like what the truth is. And I, yeah. I found that to be invaluable. 
Uh, because again, I am normally wrong <laughs> about my assumptions. <laughs> my assumptions yeah. are normally wrong. Sometimes they're right, but they're normally wrong. Yeah. If my assumptions were always right. I may not need a whole team around me, right? Like, uh, you know, I need that. I will say, like, I, I'm picturing the manager listening to this who has wrote down these examples and is ready to implement them. Bad manager. Do you that. did not listen to the very first rule, which is your team has to do these together. So, again, I want to highlight the fact of do not present these to your team in a meeting. Now, if you need an example or two, this this can be this could help with that. But these should be custom to your team and your team should be the one. Uh, coming up with these. I just was thinking about that. Like, that's what I would be doing. Oh, these are great. I'm going to write these down and send an, send an email today. You know, one, one yeah. other real quick team norm. I, yeah. That's a really great point. Don't, don't just take these as gospel. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. test them with the team, come up with your own. They're really easy to come up with. They're kind of harder to implement, but they're normally <laughs> really, really sort of self-evident, right? Like once you get people talking, um, these, 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 these sort of value statements, these sort of team norms will kind of percolate up. Uh, one other, uh, team norm that I have found to be val- invaluable as well is no surprises. Meaning if you're surprised by something that happened or I'm surprised by something that happened, that was a failure of communication. Um, so there should be no surprises on, and when you're working on a team, there shouldn't be any surprises. No one should yeah. be surprised. We should be communicating and working together and, um, or the surprises should be, you know, very far and few between <laughs> or a bonus. Like right. surprise, you got a bonus. Oh, that's or, a great surprise. Uh, yeah, yeah. Surprise. You like this job way more than you thought you were going to like it. But surprise we've, <laughs> you know, our application has been down for four hours. Like, no, that, that yeah. that's not a good surprise. Or a surprise. I marked you needs improvement on your performance review. Sorry, we've never talked about that until this moment. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that that is a bad, a bad surprise. surprise. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe the test is like, would cake be appropriate with this? Then it can be a surprise. Like if you surprise bonus, have a piece of cake too. Like that makes sense, right? But surprise, the system's been down for four hours. Have a piece of cake. You know, that doesn't work. And so you know it's a bad surprise. That is very <laughs> bad. So I think, you know, to kind of wrap up our um, kind of discourse here on team norms, I think this is a little bit of a caution. And and I, you know, this is something I remind myself of often is once you've implemented team norms, you as the leader, as as the manager, you need to live them. Um, yep. I think I was on a team once where we established a team norm that we always showed up on time. We were always ready to go. And guess what? I <laughs> did a really bad job for a season of not showing up on time and being ready to go. And uh, so if that's your team norm and you've adopted that as a team, um, you, the the leader, the the middle manager, uh, you got to live you got to live the norms, too. Um, and there's nothing more demoralizing than going through exercises like this as, a, as an individual contributor, as a teammate, and and then seeing that your leader, your fearless leader, hopefully is not in fact, um, demonstrating them, living them out. Um, yeah. So you, you, you gotta, you gotta practice these things. And if you don't, um, good luck. That's so good. Like it, it's the best way to reinforce them, which I don't think we have talked about is, is how often to reinforce these. Obviously the more, the better, I think, uh, in, in, you know, if, if you can actually specifically tailor examples, uh, when they happen good and bad to the team norms, like in the good, you do it publicly, right? Like I like to celebrate Jacob's contribution on this norm and, you know, it connects here. 
in, in when it's a negative, it's a one-on-one with someone, you know, and Hey, this, I really see the issue here is this norm was violated on our team and uh, we need to talk about it. But if you're not living them, if this is like an exercise and then it becomes like a poster on the wall and you never do anything with it, it just, it, it sets your culture back more than it does actually help it because you know, someone's given up some emotions, some capital to make these happen. And then for there to be no follow up or you are not modeling it is almost a slap in the face, right? That you've done this. So be careful of the retreat itis is what I call this. Like you go on a way on a retreat with your team and then you come up with this and, and spirits are high while you're there. And then you come back and you're back into your normal rut, you know, like, yep. um, I think that's worse. If you, if that, if you're going to do that, don't do this at all. Just let those natural norms take over. But uh, I, th- I think you, you couldn't be more right on that, Jacob. And a pro tip on this is if, if you just establish some team norms in your weekly planning, weekly review, which we're going to talk about in a future episode too, um, I would have these norms written and then each week talk, you know, journal about what I have done to either, uh, move those norms forward or set them back. Uh, and I think it's a good reflection exercise for managers to, to work on. Yeah. And, and to kind of go back to, you know, what Casey had mentioned, um, you can't talk about your team norms enough. Like, and when you, and when you think as a manager, you've talked about them enough, talk about them some more. You cannot talk about team norms enough. (laughs) Um, it should be part of, and then this is something I've done. Um, I have incorporated in part of as, as a part of our um, you know new team member onboarding. Um, I think that's really important, um, and I think it's also important to revisit them every once in a while. This was actually yeah. an exercise that we would do as a team uh, every year, and you know as as the years went on, it got it got easier, and 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 we'd carry over you know norms that we had established in previous years. Um, I think it's a really yeah, for for us anyway, it was a really good to kind of just refresh them every year as as the team changed and the company grew and we had learned a lot. Um, so you can't again, you just you can't talk about them enough. Yeah, I think in in it, I love the every year thing. I think that's a nice rhythm for your team to do that, and then new people who come on can also contribute to the next version of those norms. Uh, but I also, the other way I think about it is I love uh, Bruce Tuckman's, you know, five stages of team devel- team development, uh, the forming, storming, norming, performing, adjoining, which I don't think is actually a word. I just think he had to end it in ING. So he just threw that one in there. But um, I would say your norms should look very different across those phases. When you're forming the team, your initial norms should be very different than when you're, you know, performing, when your your team has been together for a while, when you're storming and you know this is where your group like runs into each other and and really learns how to work as a team you should have different norms established during that that you know point and if the team's breaking up um you know that's a actually a really good chance to norm as well or you know to set up these norms is you know how will we keep in contact with each other you know in our careers how will we support each other in our next gigs you know those those sorts of things uh it's just another way to think about it across those development cycles yeah, absolutely. Well, Casey, I think this was a great episode three of Leader Fables. Yeah, yeah, we're we're uh, we're super happy that you all have joined us um, for for this uh, this journey. We have a few more episodes uh, coming out, and uh, we uh, yeah, we're super excited to uh, to talk. What are we talking about next week, Casey? 
strategic planning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like the best topic ever. I'm super excited the, about this topic. All the business nerds perked up when I said strategic planning and people were like, oh, no, strategic planning. So depends on how you've been impacted. But I will say the fable has been ripped from the headlines, you know, on Law and Order where they're like this week's Law and Order ripped from the headlines. Like we have some some, you know, content that's ripped from the headlines. It's going to be all the way back in medieval times. (laughs) Yes. Yes. We're bringing it forward. It's going to be great. Yeah. yeah, So if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can visit us at leaderfables.com dot com and click the feedback link. We'd love to hear your feedback. If you're interested in supporting the show, please click on the link that says things we like. We have a great list of awesome things that Casey and I put together that we happen to like. And if you happen to buy any of those things, we get a little bit of kickback. So thanks for your support yes. there. Um, anything else I failed to mention, Casey? No, I, I think uh, it's good. Thank you so much for, for listening. And um, I would just encourage you get this going. Like, uh, sometimes if I'm like stuck, some, I'll just schedule the meeting. And I think this is the type of meeting you just schedule. And then once it's there, you got to do it. So, and, and no matter how long your team's been together, it's not the wrong time to establish your team norms, um, and agree upon them. That's great. All right. Well, till next time, folks, meet on. Meet on. <laughs>